Hey everyone, this is Caleb here from In the Mood for Real History. Now before you get started with this episode, if you haven't heard, I want to tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast, so let me explain it to you. First off, being on a teacher's salary, I love that it is free. There's also creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. So make sure to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey all you cool cats and commies, I'm Caleb. I'm Zach. And this is In The Mood. All right, all right, all right. After a two-week hiatus, we are finally back. What it was, we were driving fast and eating too much ass. <laughs> well, driving fast, maybe. Um, falling down and snapping your ankle? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, why don't you fill in our millions of listeners of why we had to take this last week off? So, long story short, it was a, uh, just a, it was a misstep. A misstep. Miscalculation. Mm-hmm. I had a whole bunch of shit in my hands, and I forgot there was a step there. Stepped there, and just my ankle rolled and completely just broke my fifth metatorsal bone in my foot. Oh. So, I mean, I have my little scooty, so I've been scooting around everywhere. flying around, like breaking sound barriers and everything. Yep, the sound barrier has been broken twice. Twice. Fuck the Blue Angels. <laughs> ain't got shit on me. And that, that, oh man, you're just flying around. It's pretty impressive. You got a name for it yet? Rusty. Oh, re- Cause, oh cause the top of the bar is rusty. <laughs> <laughs> I have my little my little weed bag. <laughs> your your herbal bag. My herbs, herbs, Herb. secret herbs and spices. <laughs> I keep my cumin. I keep my uh, paprika. I keep everything <laughs> in that one little bag. You just share your blends of herbs and spices. Yes. Long story short. <laughs> so, what better way to come back to our new new beginnings and new episode than? I had a really great opportunity present itself to me over the weekend, or in the last week. Uh, last Saturday night, I got a call from this volunteer organization that I volunteer for called the Real Progressives. Shout them out. And they offered me the, gave me the opportunity to go to the inauguration of Joe Biden. And cover Iron the, Jaw Joe. Iron Jaw Joe gave me the opportunity to go cover it for their... Um, journalism and you know take pictures interviews all that so uh monday morning i packed up my little car just left out at 4 a.m bright got, and early too. bright and early when those eyes are just barely awake i was i was struggling made the 12-hour trip up to washington dc our nation's capital. our nation's capital and so you know there was a lot of experiences that i had there and the first thing i wanted to mention was just how eerie it was it was like the beginning of any kind of zombie apocalypse movie. I picture um, Zombieland. You know, in, yeah. the, in the very beginning, whenever they're at the White House and mm-hmm. it's completely desolate. Literally. Ooh, I like that word. Look at you yes. using that big word. I'm so proud of you. Thank um, you, Simona Herring. <laughs> <laughs> shout out, Simona Herring. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was just empty in there. Completely empty. And I just could not get over that. It just... Um, it was shocking, you know, because you always picture the U.S. Capitol and you just picture it to be this large and in charge place that was just filled with people. But we were literally able to walk up the middle of the street and just ha- there was nothing. 
And at every street corner, though, there was um, military everywhere. Like, literally on every street corner, there was, like, at least three to four armed members of the military. The police presence. There was, uh, you know, the seven-foot fencing going all throughout the city. And it was just, it was very eerie. It's like, what you would picture, you always picture, like, this wouldn't happen here. You always picture some far-off country. But literally... It was right there in the U.S. Capitol. Um, I have so many different pictures that I took, and it just really threw me off. It um, it was really weird because you know there what they didn't want a lot of people to be there to begin with, but because of the pandemic and then because of you know the attack by the white supremacist terrorism, yeah, the white supremacist rioters, terrorists, whatever you want to call them. So it was just very interesting to say the least. Um, I couldn't get within closer than like two to three blocks of the Capitol or the White House, but we managed to go to BLM Plaza right in front of uh, the White House, and there was probably about 15, 20 people there celebrating, and it eventually I saw maybe about 100 people total gather around there, all wearing masks, might I add, um, but one of my favorite interviews was that I got to interview a proud boy, I got to interview a proud boy, so it... Um, we needed to, you know, we wanted to get the feeling from the people there, you know, interview how people felt about... From both sides. Yeah. You know, there were people that were happy and all that. There were people that were like, we need to hold Joe Biden accountable. Um, but then there was one proud boy standing there, all proud, all five foot four of him. And he had this giant Confederate flag that he was standing there with. And I'm like, I'm going to talk to you. So he I start, caught my eye. Uh, he caught my eye, yeah, all five foot four of him. He reminds you of like, you know... When Opie. Oh, he, uh, we, I'm going to call him Opie. I like that, because that's a good name. <laughs> Opie. So Opie he, and Iron Jaw Joe Biden. <laughs> they don't like each other. They tussle. <laughs> but we were walking up, or I was walking up to him, and you know like when you're, let's say you go on a road trip, and you're out in the middle of bumfuck Egypt, and you get out at the gas station... And there's the guy in like the older movies that's like leaned back in his chair a little bit that he works at the gas station. He has like a cigarette that's like eight days old hanging out the side of his mouth. He's in overalls and, you know, slightly salt and pepper hair. And, you know, like maybe a couple of chromosomes short, but he, um, you know, like probably his parents are he also did good to get it through middle school. Yeah. Like, like his parents are also probably brother and sister, like that kind and so I walk up to Opie, we'll call him. That's just fun. That's a fun name. And as I'm walking up, I notice like the Nazi swastikas on his jacket. And I'm like, well, all right, all right, all right, here we go. And so I start talking to him. And so I ask where he's from. And he's like, well, I'm from Michigan. And I said, so, you know, what brought you up here? He's like, well, I've been up here since the, uh, as he called it, the exploration of the Capitol a few weeks ago. And I said, oh, you mean the attack on the Capitol? And he goes, well, it's the people's house. Our tax dollars pay for it. And I said, actually, taxes don't fund spending, A. And B, I said, if you were just exploring the Capitol, why did you have to climb up over the walls and bust in doors and kill people? And he was like, well, well, I, he's like, it's ours. No, he just kept bumbling through it Yeah, much. He said, well, it's ours. And I said, well, do you own your house, sir? And he goes, well, well, no. I said, I'm making payments. And I said, okay, so can the bank then bust up in your house anytime they want? 
because they technically own your house. And he goes, well, no, that's not allowed. I said, well, case in point right there. So it was very interesting. Uh, Opie was interesting. Um, it just, it kind of gave me a more of an insight into what we're dealing with, you know? Nationwide, and it's not just in the South. Yeah, and I feel bad. Yes, because he's, he's from Michigan. And I felt bad because it's like you've been fed a lie your whole life. No, not even your whole life. You've been fed a lie these past four years is, is what yeah. we're... Is Mainly, the, yeah, we can focus on that. He's been fed a lie these last four years that led you to think that it's okay to attack the Capitol. Mainly, you know, and he was mentioning QAnon. He mentioned how he loves and fell in love with QAnon, especially over the pandemic, the quarantine, because, you know, there wasn't anywhere to go. And that just radicalized so many people. It's just truly shocking. Like, what do you know about QAnon? So QAnon is pretty much just where it's, it's like the birthplace of conspiracies, pretty much. Not all, 99.9 of them probably aren't true. So literally, this is what QAnon, they believe. This crate, this random person named Q has special information into the White House or into the government, the shadow presence, and believes that right now our country is being led by this shadow cabal of leaders who their whole job is to pretty much, you know, just run the country behind the scenes. It's just so fucking stupid. Kind of like, um, what is it, the Illuminati? Or is he, or is he, or is he like an Alex Jones? Yeah, kind of like, oh yeah, like it's, it's Alex Jones on steroids pretty much. And they're like, they believe that liberals and Democrats like Pelosi and Schumer and Joe, Joe Biden and, uh, the Obamas and the Clintons and all the other people, all Democrats, crazy how it's all Democrats. And they believe that all of them are pedophiles, child cannibals, and into a big old sex trafficking yep, ring. Yep, they're all in this huge sex trafficking ring, and they all have saggy bald orgies. But so, the, if you want to get really technical, though, what about the whole? The one thing it may be right is what about the Clinton and Epstein, quote unquote? Well, I mean, yeah, is there human and sex trafficking? Of course, but by doing this, it, you, it, you can't round everybody into it, basically. right? But but I don't know about the Clinton, but the Epstein, like. By doing this and making QAnon seem like it's about this, it's like you reach into a hat with like 38 pieces of paper and pull out five and figure out how to connect them together. It's it's bullshit. But by doing so, it takes away from the fact that human and sex trafficking is a major issue facing the world, and it delegitimizes it. It causes people to be like, uh, I don't want to fuck with it. You so know? how do you know it's legitimate in the first place? Because you know that people... It, it is legitimate, but... It's not mentioned. It's not talked about nowhere yeah, near as much. It's not. There's literally 25 million people that are human se or sex uh, slaves today. More than at the height of American slavery. There are more people today. That's it, Is it countrywide or, or the world? Is Worldwide. Worldwide. So, but anyway, so this has caused people to just essentially like drink the Kool-Aid almost. And there's just like... I don't even know how we can go back from this, but that's going to be actually a topic we are going to cover next week. Make sure to check in next week. We're going to cover QAnon. And also like and subscribe and let us know how the fuck we're doing. Yes, we want to hear from you. This two-week high is just, just it, I just got ants in my I pants. No, I just, you're going just bad. You're just, you know, getting all antsy. We are actually about to reach our 1,000th download. 
our 1,000th download. So that is amazing. I'm you so know what proud. else is amazing? Our special subscriber we have. Yes, we have our first subscriber, our first Patreon. Like, first of many. Our first of many Patreons. It just, it, it felt so great. To, to see that hard work pays off, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it just, it was, it was amazing. Um, so yeah. But anyway, so we're going into this interview. We had this interview. It was just like, okay, I realized he was batshit crazy. But he's literally explaining committing a felony. He's explaining how he helped commit a felony, attacking the Capitol. And so FBI, you know, if you want to offer any any reward to this uh, wonderful person who has uh, pretty much have on film and on tape exactly mm -hmm. what his reasonings were behind to commit a felony crime to invade the Capitol, then you know what? I think you owe, I think you might owe him a uh, nice little, uh, yeah, little chunk of change. Happy. I would be happy to take uh, any reward money that we have. But I do want to give a quick little shout out to our first ever Patreon subscriber, uh, Janet Schultz. We really appreciate your uh, Patreon pledge. And you inspire us to keep going and making more and more of these awesome videos. Yes, it's just so it's just so in inspiring. It just it reinforces that we're doing something good. So we really appreciate it. So but back to regular programming. So, you know, that was an interesting experience because at the same time, I then had the opportunity and the honor to interview George Floyd's cousin, which was really cool. It was very, very cool. And just hearing, we only got to speak for a little bit. Uh, so his cousin names Cortez Rice, and he is actually an activist in Minneapolis already. And so he was talking about how, you know, after this happened, it just inspired him to not just or to quit just being on the sidelines essentially and so he ended up forming his own um organization called united united we walk and so he walked literally from minneapolis to dc and every place he stopped was where an unarmed man of color has been killed and they are just raising awareness about the fact that you know police brutality is a major major issue the systemic racism in our police policing is a major issue facing this country and just because joe biden wins doesn't one doesn't mean that it's you know over yeah now that he's the new president that, that doesn't mean it's all going to change overnight right and that's the main theme that i gathered from all these interviews that i got to do was talking about you know accountability they are very excited about joe biden which great but that doesn't mean that it's the end of the road that doesn't mean it's the finish line so before we continue on with biden we're gonna before we just leave him in the dust let's just give me your honest opinion on the trump presidency from approximately 2016 to 2020 <laughs> but non-biased if, if you if, okay yeah exactly like if you were just you know say you're say you're a moderate and you see both sides quote unquote you know like say what what is what exactly would you take away from this presidency? Non not now non-biased. Um non-biased? Yeah. Well we didn't go to nuclear war. Or war in general. No, we did. What about all the we're still in Iraq and Afghanistan. Well, they didn't start new conflicts, quote unquote. But I mean, they he did he, assassinate the uh, he Iranian. He assassinated general. the fuss, the fucking uh, Iranian general. He tried to go to he, he threatened to go to war with North Korea, and his first when he was you know within his first month of being in office, he bombed Syrian 
bases in Syria. But the thing about killing that Iranian general, he he was a legit terror. I will say that, like I have done research and looking up on the like atrocities and everything he has committed. I'm not taking up, and I'm not saying that he wasn't. I agree, but according to the Geneva Convention, we cannot send a you know we can't attack a, a sovereign nation. We can't just attack. A nation. And does that scare you that Iran has say has said that they will reply with it, whether it be in some way, shape, or form? Mm-hmm. Does that kind of concern you? Like I mean, you don't is, know it what is it is, concerned. or does it kind of keep you on your toes? Or it keeps me on my toes. You're not, but because you know your foot, but you're on your cast. Yeah, you're on your scooter. Keep you on my foot. It not keeps my toes. you on your scooter. <laughs> you are like you know who you remind me of. You know, have you seen Cars too? Oh, no, Cars. Is it Cars 2? Which one? Whatever he's lost in, like, the desert. I think it's the first movie. Yeah, The yeah. first Cars. And you know that old, old, old jalopy car? Oh, yeah. The, the two the two, uh, two thing where it the, had... The Hudson had, Hornet. Yeah, he yeah. was called the Hudson Hornet. Yes. You remind me of the Hudson Hornet when you're on your uh, scooter. Because you're like, I may be injured, but I'm still mobile. 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 Mm-hmm. But anyway. um, My opinion of Trump's legacy... I could sum it up in three words. Hate, regression, and incompetence. I would say division. Make yeah. it make it four. Okay, division. We like even numbers here. So hate, division, regression, and incompetence. He, from the time he stepped into from the time he ro- rode that golden escalator down in Trump Tower to announce that he was running for president, he sowed seeds of hate and division. Because you know, of course, in his words, all Mexican people are rapists. Murders, cartels, um, drug dealers. There's some good people here and there. Speaking of some good people, then less than a year into his presidency, we have the Charlottesville white nationalist riots that led to the murder of someone. And he said, well, there's good people on both sides. There's good people on both sides. Um, you're, if you're a racist, if you're a nationalist, white nationalist, if you're a Nazi, you're a shitty human being. There's not good people on both sides. Just because they support Trump, yeah, he, he likes them. He thinks there's good people on both sides because they supported him. But anyway, um, regression. Um, we had started to make progress in this country. Uh, LGBTQ rights. I think that racial issues were on, were on the come up. I mean, literally, we had just elected the first African-American president, for God's sakes. And then we were we were rewarded with Donald Trump. White backlash. But anyway... And then incompetence. Literally from the time he stepped into office, that he surrounded himself with incompetence. Incompetence or and or just crooked people in general? Well, I mean, yeah, they're all crooked, you know, but usually incompetence comes with crookedness. And, and you know, it's a funny part. You know that literally the first people he started, like his whole cabinet he originally started off with, not one of them is, is it not one of them? Or Only how? one. Only one lasted the whole time. Dr. Ben Carson. I'm surprised. Dr. Ben Carson. Now, what did he do for four years? He didn't even know. He didn't even know what his job did. He didn't know what did. He's like, yeah. I'm here. Yeah, I'm just on But, made um, it. I mean, think about it. He surrounded himself with Rudy Giuliani, which Rudy Giuliani, you know, he just kind of melts under pressure, but um, outside of a dildo store. <laughs> and literally, he holds a conference, a news conference, to talk about stolen elections in front of a dildo store. Like, is that not symbolic of the Trump administration? completely right there but anyway 
Yeah, just and think of all the other people he surrounded himself with, or either ended up in prison, or he fired because they didn't go along with him. His and then and, and then the funny part is he pardons them at the end of his. He, he pardons mm-hmm. the people that went with him, but ended up he ended up having to fire or something like that. That's pretty much like a down payment, or that's his payment to them is pardoning pardoning them and completely white pretty much washing away everything they've done washed it away just wash it all away but yes literally i mean think about it his uh his daughter ivanka her husband uh what is it jared kushner trump's special advisor or whatever incompetent i mean literally he was given one job and that was to he said i'm gonna solve this coronavirus pandemic and now we have 400,000 people dead and what 13 or 14 million cases and climbing every day 20 something to be honest it, like a couple of days ago it was like 20 something million oh we're day. already there shit i'm behind it's been a long week and they're predicting 500,000 by february i mean literally it's already it's already the 24th so yeah i mean that's incompetence incompetence and you know it's it's hard to even say like if you could think of one can you think of one good thing that happened because of the Trump pro- and I know what you're gonna say I know what you're gonna say it's gonna it's called I know it and I know you know it, it's called space force space force space force that is no matter what it, it no matter what people say in my opinion I think it is a very it gets the ball rolling in space exploration and space like you know what I'm saying like it, it gets the ball rolling in that general direction I get it I get it but. Why are we focusing so much on space when we have 500,000 people living on the streets at night? Because Why? Not, not, everybody oh. can, 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 not everybody can control exactly – not everybody can control having taken care – to take care of the 500,000 homeless people. You know what I'm saying? With the, like Elon like, – as an example, like Elon Musk who wants to go to Mars. You think he can control 500,000 people being homeless or living under a bridge? No, he wants he, – he has his own ideas and agendas. To better, the, to better society. Great, but that's private business. I'm talking about federal government. Federal government. Elon Musk is a private business. Yeah, but they work with NASA though, right? Right. But what I'm saying is we're allocating all these resources to space exploration when the amount of resources that we allocate for one year to Space Force could solve homelessness in this country in one year. The amount of money and resources that we allocate one year could solve homelessness in this country. That, in my opinion, is what we need to be focusing on. That, climate change, combating climate change, not just saying, well, I'm punting the ball away from the earth and just hope that we can live off the Mars. Because who's going to get to go to Mars? Are you? Or any of our middle-class listeners? No, No, it's going to be the rich motherfuckers that are going to go. Because they can afford it. Right. So... I would rather worry about the problems at hand first. Homelessness. The fact that one in three children go to bed hungry each night. The fact that we can't even go back to school safely because of the gross incompetence of leadership. Those are things that we need to solve and focus in on, in my humble opinion. But, you know, that's just my little, I had that laid on my heart. No, you were, what it was, was you were just. You're just feeling a little bit sassy and had to add that little... I mean, I had had a glass and a half of this fancy, fancy barefoot Pinot Grigio. Because we're going fancy. You know why? Because we're trying... We're going to shout out you barefoot because you know what? Your wine tastes good. You know? We just have to... uh, We got to keep it classy. Keep it real. We keep it classy on this show, you know? 
with we, a little bit of sass. We talk about chodes and we talk about, you know, puffy nipples, which you, if you do have puffy nipples, I want you to cut off this episode right now. I don't even know why you fucking listened because you have puffy nipples. We don't want to hear from you. You are just as bad as anti-vaxxers and anti-maskers. Man, which one's worse, anti-vaxxers or maskers? I think the vaxxers are worse because if you want to get technical, vaccinations is what like can prevent you from getting, from actually like catching it also via social distancing and everything. And it, and it, once you get your second dose, it's a 95% chance. If you get it, even if you get it, the symptoms won't be as bad, but it's, it keeps a 95% chance of you catching it. Which you have been vaccinated, haven't you? Shout out Moderna. And you are still here. I you are still, still here. I'm so I'm proud of I'm still kicking with this one foot. Now for the, <laughs> now for the record, he is growing like a third random arm out the side of his neck because I know you can't, I'm giving you a visual since we, all of our millions and millions of listeners, you know, he is growing an arm out of the side of his neck, but it's okay. He just sees that as making him more efficient. Progress. If you start to fall asleep, it just slaps you a little bit, you know, it just tickles you. So now that we're out of this shithole of what we call a four year term, mm-hmm. what, what exactly? But I, I do want to say some, one more thing. I'm sorry. I just had this laid on my heart. Can you name one good thing? I said Space Force. I know, besides Space Force, because that's... What about the... T- uh, what about... He's given tax cuts to the... To, and it's helped every... It's, it's helped the working class is what it's helped. Have you noticed any changes in your tax returns? Have you even gotten your tax returns yet? Yeah, no, sh- you still haven't gotten your tax returns yet. Like, the 2017 tax cuts, who did those benefit? Those earning over $400,000. Sure benefited... Amazon. It sure benefited Jeff Bezos. You know what? The shitty part is we all contribute to it. So like we can't help it. So all I'm saying is, you know, these tax cuts, it's helping the wealthy. So why are you trying to defend that? It it hasn't helped. I'm not in a better place now than I am four years ago. And you know what? They definitely don't give a fuck about you. They do not. They do not. I'm in a better place now personally. Mentally. Yeah. Because, you know, I got a, my, I started my career teaching, but that wasn't due to Donald Trump. I did that on my own. You know, I didn't get any tax return differences. It went to benefit the wealthy elites. That's why since just the fucking pandemic started, we have seen, what was it close to, was it a close to a trillion new, a trillion dollars in wealth was added just to the top 1% in this country. While we're now facing still, what is it? 13, 14 million people unemployed. 400,000 people dead. 900,000 people applied for unemployment benefits. Right. So, yeah, these tax cuts benefited. It, they did their job. They benefited who they were designed to benefit. And so, yeah, I mean, I, if you are a Trump listener and you've made it this far, 26 minutes into our episode, if you're a Trump supporter, uh, I want to know, are you better off? Or better yet, you need to come at us and explain why you think Donald Trump was the answer. I would love to talk with y'all. I would love to talk with you. I, like, genuinely, I would love to get a chance to talk with you because I want to know how you can still support this man after the, all of this. I would, I really, truly want to know. So make sure to, after liking and subscribing, of course, uh, let us know. Um, but also, if I want to know, if, I want to hear from everybody else also, you know, the competent people. Um, I want to know, like, are you better off this year? Leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Email us. Anything. All of that details in our LinkedIn page. But we want to hear from you. We want to know, is your life better off 
after the Trump administration? And also, what do you think is the most important policy or program that you think needs to be pushed by the Biden administration going forward over the next four years? What is the most important issue facing our country in your own opinion? We want to hear from you. And even puffy nippled people, we want, if you know that you want to get your puffy nipples taken care of, I'm sure there's a government program for that, you know? There's a will, there's a way. So we want to hear from you. So going back to Biden's first day, now that we're out with the old and in with the new, he has approximately seven, he signed 17 executive orders his first day, correct? Correct. He did sign up 17 total executive actions just on the first day and over 30 total as of now, but let's just clarify though. We said out with the old and in with the new. It's almost like out, out with, with the old, old, still in with the in old. with the in with the older, older, oh, in with the older, the slightly elder. less orange. But yes, anyway. So yes, he had seventeen executive actions that he signed. And the first one we want to concentrate on is the Keystone Pipeline. Keystone mother effing pipeline. Yes. So regarding the Keystone Pipeline, it was a literally a. It transports pipeline, yeah, like, <laughs> all in all in all, it transports eight hundred and thirty thousand gallons of oil from the United States to Canada. Correct? Yes, all of it yeah. runs through Texas and ends up in can- starts at Texas, right, and runs through Canada. Well, it starts in Canada and runs to Texas. Oh, well, yeah, well, fuck, because like opposite state, or it starts in like the Alaska around Alaska, Canada, because that's where these huge oil uh, deposits were found. And so the the funny thing about it is regarding the Keystone, it there are record imports without the pipeline in general because Joe Biden completely dismissed the permit that allowed for the oil to be transported, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it hasn't even started pumping oil yet. Yes, and as I was reading that even with even like if you just even that they canceled it, there are already more than enough oil in the reserves already. Mm-hmm. So what's the point? And another thing is it kills endangered animals. And it's on native lands where I, I've I've read two native. It, it goes through two different like two different groups that said the government did not give them, they did not give the government permission to be able to drill there and and put access there. Exactly. So as the United States started expanding, because you know manifest fucking destiny, they made treaties with the Native Americans saying, all right, well, this land will always be yours as long as you just move a little bit further west. And we'll ne- you'll always have um, control of it. And then the United States goes, well, we need more land. So, hey, we're going to sh- force you off and then give you this land as long forever and always, you know? Um, what was it? Andrew Jackson was quoted as saying, as long as the green grass grows and the rivers flows, that will always be your land. And we see what's happened. And so just like every other um, instance, the United States has said, well, this is your land, and we said it is, but actually we need it. So the Native Americans actually sued to the tribes, uh, sued to prevent this from happening. It, what was it, at Standing Rock or something like that? Um, I don't, I can't remember specifically off the top of my head. But um, And they won multiple court cases. Just this last year, um, in the state of Oklahoma, the Supreme Court ruled with a conservative majority, might I add, that the state of Oklahoma technically belongs to the Native Americans. How so? Well, that's their land. Ah, touche. That's their land. And these treaties that were signed said that this is the Native Americans' land, so they can have 
ownership of it again, essentially, which is really interesting to think about. Like, even though they're still trying to take away their land, <laughs> yeah, the entire state of Oklahoma technically belongs to the Native American tribes there. So it's going to be interesting going forward to see how that's going to happen. But anyway, with um, the Keystone Pipeline, um, yeah, Biden ended the funding that went to it, and it said that I was reading that. Canada's prime minister, Justin, I don't even know. Trudeau. Trudeau. I don't even know how the fuck to pronounce his last name. But anyway, it was said that he was disappointed that the talks had, that whenever he got done discussing with him about it and he revoked the permit, mm -hmm. it showed, it said he was disappointed. Why would you think that he would be disappointed and what's, your, and what's your response in order for that in, 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 the, in the statement he just said? Yeah, he's disappointed because, I mean, that's that's revenue that's going to Canada too since it goes through Canada. But at the same time, tough shit. I mean, you know, it's not like can you know, but uh, it's not like this countries of Canada and the United States are going to go bankrupt. You know, it's not like they're going to suffer. Um, and for all the people that are out there going, well, what about the thousands of jobs that were lost to all this? It's, good. it's worth two billion in wages. I say fuck you first off, because you decide to cherry pick information and skew it to make it fit your own agenda. Second off, those were about 7,000 temporary jobs that were going to be lost. Temps. Temporary jobs. So um, if Republicans would get on and pass this thing, and Democrats as well, a Green New Deal, including a federal job guarantee, the, the millions of permanent jobs with high-paying wages... And benefits. And benefits would be uh, created that would help transform this economy into a green economy. So, yeah, with the Keystone Pipeline, this is a major win for the progressive climate activists. Mainly, I would say, like you said, climate and progressive yeah, as well. Yeah, so this is one major thing that you know people have been pushing for. Now, this is not the end game. This is the st a start. We have to continue holding Biden accountable because you know he rejoined the Paris Climate Accords, which is another win, but at the same time, we need to keep going because we're reaching that point of no return. So he rejoined the Paris Climate Accords. He halted funding for the border wall, which that's great. just a that's just a that should have been just a give me. Yeah, like how much how many miles of the border was built? Do you know? Fifty four, right? Like fifty two, fifty four miles in four years. And Steve, and mind you, by private companies. Yes. Steve Bannon, who was another who, who got pardoned, uh, who did get pardoned, who is a white nationalist, a racist white nationalist, like far right white supremacist, essentially. He started this Ponzi scheme, essentially, that raised over a hundred million dollars that was supposed to go towards, quote, quote, building the border wall. And it all went into him, his pockets. And so he was going to prison and Trump pardoned him. So once again, incompetence and just gross incompetence. But anyway, um, they ended the enhanced immigration enforcement. So they ended or they extended DACA and they ended a lot of the uh, enhanced immigration tactics that ICE had. What about what about the Dreamers? Yeah. And so this is putting in place. Thank you. This is putting in place the foundations to allow a pathway to citizenship over the next, I think, four years, five years, four or five years. Hey, look at you. Fact check. Um, the next five years for the 11 million undocumented immigrants. Who and all and what it what it is is all you have to do is show your 
proof of taxes within mm-hmm. the within yeah, the past taxes, yeah. ten year, eight to ten years is your proof of taxes. Yeah, as long as you've been here. Since yeah, and you get a green card mm-hmm. at first, and then you eventually the, will become yeah, U.S. Citizen. citizen. That just makes fucking sense, you know. Um, he also ended the Muslim ban from seven Muslim majority countries. So, okay, great. Like that. That just shows. That shouldn't even been there in the first place. Yeah, that just shows that he was a xenophobe. You know, he was. And it, no, no, Islamophobe. Well, well, xenophobe is the fear of foreigners. But yeah, uh, I thought it was in, yeah. yeah, you're right though. Is Islamophobe? You know, you're untrusting of Muslims. And why? Because they're Muslims. And but he's like, well, they produce the most terrorists. Well, the South produces a lot of white nationalists. So should we still ban the South? Like, you know what I mean? The United States, throughout its history, has produced the most deaths uh, in the world through imperialism. So should we ban America? You know, it's just, it's, it's just, come out and say it. You hate Muslims. Come out and say it. You're racist. Just own it. But anyway, um, he ended the 1776 education, re-education program, which was essentially saying, America's never done anything wrong. We need to teach, as he goes, patriotism and to love this country, which even historians have come out and said, this is bullshit. Like, it's just skewing It's history. not accurate. It's not. And it's downplaying the significant contributions of people of color, Native Americans, immigrants, and the working class. And it's highlighting rich white men. So that's awesome for me. That's one of my favorite things that he's done, which shouldn't have ever even been an issue to begin with. Uh, another was that he rejoined the World Health Organization and, crea- and placed... Dr. Anthony Fauci as the head of the envoy to the World Health Organization. So we rejoined the World Health Organization. Great. And Fauci just looks so much. He looks like eight years younger. Especially because like it shows visual. If you hear his interviews, it says that the Biden actually let science speak for himself instead of for for itself instead of having to deal with misinformation and everything from the Trump administration in general, you know, cause like the Trump administration wanted him to release information that only they thought would be good, you know, exactly. versus cold, hard facts, whether it be about the deaths or. And I think is what's so funny is, you know, all of these Trumpers are the same people that say, you know, in 2016, the whole fuck your feelings. But have you noticed that at every turn, whenever they get butt hurt, they just lash out or they say Biden's not my president. Yeah. Biden's not my president. Well, you know what? Biden is your president, and you will respect him. And if you don't like it, what can you do? Leave. You can leave. Um, but yeah, literally, they always say, well, fuck your feelings. This is what's happening. Well, these are facts. So just because they don't go with how you feel, fuck your feelings. There you go. And deal with it, you know? But anyway, the last one I wanted to touch on was that... Um, it restored the bargaining power for workers and laid that foundation for the $15 minimum wage. I'm a union guy. I'm a union guy. Oh, Iron Jaw Biden. Iron Jaw Biden. You want to know where I got the name Iron Jaw? I, because I took Trump behind the schoolyard and I beat his rear end. I beat his tootie. I beat his patootie. I had lefty and righty, and I took him out back. And I went just like... They got one good lick in, but you know what? That was the lick, last lick they ever saw. <laughs> I because my iron jaw kicked in, and you know what? Daddy put him a spanking on. I just, you know, I tell him, I just th- put my chin into it. I get Daddy got his work belt, 
and he gave him a lashing. I gave him a licking. A licking. And kept on ticking. My heart's barely ticking, but I keep on ticking. I'm, you know, I taught old Rocky Marciano exactly what he, I taught him everything he, he taught knows. Him, I taught him how to box. Because I, I was a boxer back in my day. <laughs> from the streets of Scranton. From Delaware. <laughs> I grew up in Scranton, though. We know how to scrap. <laughs> We're scrappy from Scranton. But anyway, shit. Um, yeah, so he laid this foundation for the $15 minimum wage increase, which is great. And it gave back worker power to the workers, which is very important, especially here in the good old state of Alabama, because the workers at the local uh, Amazon warehouse in Birmingham are moving to unionize. So they've caught a lot of backlash as well. From, why, would you why would you catch backlash whenever you're trying to up your pay just because a greedy billionaire don't want to pay you what you're worth? Who has the, the upper hand, though? The greedy billionaire. Yeah, because Who he has, has access to resources to uh, exert their influence to prevent it from And you happening. know what's the shitty part about the greedy billionaires? Let's say those people that are trying to unionize, he can all fire them and replace those same people that will work for $15 an hour. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's the shitty part instead of actually wanting to pay and value your employees. And this is what I want to get. People that are so against this $15 minimum wage. Think about it. If we up the pay... To $15. Think about it. If we up the pay to $15, which leads us to our next actual executive action, we're talking about how it's laying the foundation for the minimum wage. That leads us to our fuck you of the night. Zach, who are we saying fuck you to? He goes by a uh, Sir Rand Paul, libertarian out of Kentucky. Who, had, who got the fucking shit beat out of him. Did you know that? Uh-uh. <laughs> His neighbor beat the fuck out of him. Like, literally beat that ass. What, for blasting loud music or something? No, he was, uh, it was talking about, I think it was leaves falling on their yard or something like that. And Rand Paul tried to fight him, and the his neighbor beat the shit out of him. Like, broke his arm, gave him a black eye, everything. And you know what? He's still serving our country. I wouldn't, I, that's, that's, a, that's a stretch right there. <laughs> Unlike what his dick does, because it's tiny and micro. It doesn't stretch. But, um, anywho. So, yeah, Rand Paul, our fuck you of the night goes to Rand Paul. Because, talking about minimum wage, he is so against this minimum wage. He said he had the caucasity, like that, caucasity, to say Joe Biden's $15 minimum wage will, he is passing this because he hates black people. Like, what the actual fuck? Like, first off, what, why, why, A, where do you come up with this information from? And B, um, he said that the passing of the $15 minimum wage will affect black people, for, black teenagers first. So, first off, my, my response to that is, Rand Paul, why are you okay with the fact that African Americans are the majority of the people that work minimum wage jobs. You're okay with that. You're not going to do anything to help prevent, yeah, you know, yeah, you're alleviate okay with them that. having to work two minimum wage jobs in order to get to that $15. Exactly. An hour. So first off, he says that $15 minimum wage will lead to 4 million lost jobs, which that just distorts the truth. A, because that is a CBO projection from 2019 that he looked at. And that is the absolute extreme worst case scenario. Which, so that's what that's what he's doing. He's just pr pr he's throwing the worst case scenario out there first instead yeah. of actually being 
yeah. upbeat and positive about yeah, it. Yeah, he's distorting instead of he, so he's pretty much just trying to shit on him and because know. it fits his agenda. So he, um, which at the same time that thing, the CBO report from 2019 also says that most likely likely scenario is that it would be zero lost jobs and actually gained jobs. Because think about it. If you give the workers more money, they're going to, A, spend more money into the economy, correct? Stay at their job longer. They're going to stay at their job. Yeah, they're going to spend more money because they're going to have more disposable income. They're going to be happier, so they're going to be healthier. They're going to stay at their job. They're going to be more productive at their job, which will benefit the owner. They're not going to leave, so there's going to be more stability at that job, so the owner should like that. So, but as an example, what what about the what about the uh, incoming boomers that say, "Well, you know what? You can't pay fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage because you're only they're going to fire everybody." Okay, and my rebuttal will be, "Why would they fire everybody and lose productivity at their job?" Because they also say technology it can replace up to ninety percent of that. Can, but thanks to capitalism. You can lose your job within a month or lose your business within a couple of months. Do you think technology is going to allow for that uh, gain in lost revenue within a couple of months? No. And that's why we need to have a federal job guarantee, which says, okay, we raise the minimum wage to $15. And let's say you own a company and you say, well, I can't pay that, so I'm going to fire you. If there's a federal job guarantee, you have a job waiting in the federal program. Okay. Which, hold on. Will then provide you higher pay and stability. So that holds private business accountable and says, okay, owner, you're making, you're a millionaire. You may have to make less money, but in, if you want to keep your business, you're going to have to match that floor that the federal jobs guarantee set. Yes, but as an example, what if you don't have the funds to pay people $15 an hour? Even though, like, as an example, there's some legit businesses who don't have, who cannot make the funds to pay mm -hmm. people $15 an hour. I get that. I get that. So what do you want to do? Just completely a, shit I, up, like cancel their business or two what? Thing, two things. First off, the majority of the businesses that would be affected the most would be big corporations. Big corporations who can. That just means their owners would get less of a bonus. Yes, I understand that. Yeah. For the smaller jobs. Yes. Under a federal job guarantee, subsidies are given to, or incentives are given to smaller businesses to help them pay their workers. So if you do own a small business, you are given the funds to help uh, offset. I was about to say, you need, you need to speak to the small business owners yeah. on this one because it's, it's yeah. what run it's what majority of these mom and pop stores who are barely fighting to stay open and they, and then the government tries to drop a bomb on, bomb on them and yeah. say, you know what, we're going to, drop where you're increasing up to $15 and they don't have the funds to pay for it. Right. And so first off this, this uh, increase in federal minimum wage, it won't happen overnight. It's going to be phases. So that helps to keep account for inflation. So under this new proposal by you know, over the, in this year, the minimum wage will jump to $8 and 55 cents. And then by 2024, it will be $15. So that helps it's not just all at once for businesses. So for the small businesses, it's not just a major jump. Also, with a federal job guarantee, there would be incentives, uh, funding available to small businesses. Okay? Right. 
And then going forward, the minimum wage will uh, raise each year to account for inflation. Because that's the big thing is prices have gone up over time, but pay has not. That's, and whenever somebody tries to question that, I try and stress that to them that, like you said, prices have gone up, but wages are still the same. Exactly. So that's how all you boomers were able to afford I could pay for college out of pocket back in my day. And I'm not $100,000 in debt. Well, you know what? Great. Good for you. Fuck you, first off. For and rubbing it saggy in. balls. And set, then, second, you know, you were able to have wages that increased as you to in, account for uh, inflation. But then in the 1970s, wages stagnated. Yeah, they went up a little bit here and there, but... I mean, the minimum wage has not raised not since to 2009. Make a yeah, and and even in 2009, everybody's favorite president, Obama, only raised it up a quarter. You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So yeah, we could, we can do it. It can be done. So all that to say, fuck you, Rand Paul. And he's still trying to push these election, the election. The uh, who was it? George Stephanopoulos said, "Well, was the election a fraud? Why can't you just say the election was not a fraud?" He goes, "Well, there's no proof that it wasn't." Well, Owen eighty six. In law and challenges at the courts. And you know what? Not everybody was a Democrat that testified against it. You no, know Republicans in the Georgia. It was a Georgia uh, Senate election or Georgia elections board was Republican. The governor was Republican and the secretary of state was Republican. Same thing in Arizona. So fuck you. Second. So now that we've pretty much gotten off every one of these first day accusations, what is your prediction for the first 100 days in which Biden has laid out a, a plan for everyone? And this is where it's going to be really, really important because you got to think he has all these things he wants to pass over the first 100 days. But at the same time, there's also going to be the impeachment because remember, Donald Trump yeah, was impeached. I, I do agree that they should hold him accountable. But right now with the country in such limbo right. and, and with the economy the way it is, mm -hmm. and I, I think you should put that on – on the back burner, right. per se. And the impeachment trial will not start until like February 8th or 9th. So two weeks. So in two weeks... I mean, we you honestly think count, fucking Congress is going to just get a whole bunch of shit done in two weeks? No, it takes a month to even pass a damn stimulus package, you know? Well, that was with Congress split. We now have Democrats in charge of the Senate, House, and Presidency. Things should just... And ma the majority of these uh, policies that Biden is going to push that we're about to label are bipartisan support. So we're just going to briefly go over all of these, and then we'll go back and take some deep dives into it. But the main ones from Biden's uh, first 100 days, he, A, he's labeling it after FDR's New Deal model. So he's getting people that know what the fuck they're talking about and getting them to pass and have it targeted to help those who are suffering the most. So and, keep that in mind. And you know how he does that? Because he has literally the most diverse group of people as his cabinet. Right. In his cabinet. Yes. I, you know, I agree 100%. The most diverse, I was not 100% ecstatic about everybody. Maybe but not all the hires, diverse. but it is very... Yeah, it's people that know what they're doing. Yes, from all walks of life, yeah. pretty much. So, so number one is the $1.9 trillion COVID relief, which Biden says is a down payment. So he's saying, you know what, the deficits, it's okay that we're going to have a large deficit because that's going to produce surpluses in the areas that need it the most. That is a down payment, he said. So it's just the beginning. We have to hold him accountable to that. Second is the 100 million, or 100 million vaccinations over the next 100 days. And then also the $15 minimum wage. So um, those are the three main things that he's talking about. And then also uh, money to safely reopen schools. So 
we're going to take a deep dive into each one of these. Besides, like you said, we pretty much covered the minimum wage one. So we're going to go. Let's. I would, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to start off with the with the vaccination. Just for you, we can. Yes, I'll be sweet to you. So the vaccination, it's it's shitty right now because hence Operation Warp Speed was a total dumpster fire, in my opinion. <laughs> Operation Warp Speed was... You operation. know, it's called Operation Chode Speed is what it Why is. Why is it Chode Speed? Because it just came up a little no, short? No, it, it, it came up a lot short in, <laughs> in, in, in the uh, general area. So yeah, the reason why it's so shitty is it was started last March, right? And it's been... It's going on almost a 10 months now? Almost a year, yeah. Yes. And it was... There has been $15 billion worth of taxpayer money spent. And... Only 13 million people has gotten injected whenever Trump himself has promised 30 million injections by December of 2020, whenever the whenever like whenever it had just started. Mm -hmm. So in my opinion, that is a you are approximately 12, 13 and 30. I'm not really good at math. So 17 off. So 17 million. Yes. Yeah, 17 off. million injections off. Mm -hmm. So that is a gross, gross under uh, way under. And why? Do you know why? Because it's just, in, would you say incompetence? Incompetence, yes. And that, because think about it. We have people that, um, there was a news report out of, I think it was in Texas or LA, one of the two. Or the, yeah, the I, they, yeah. Go ahead. Or the fact that, you know, they literally have let so many doses expire. Expire. Because they have, they don't have the logistics in, in place to do it because they're incompetent. So they literally were having to just find random people on the street and be like, hey, have you had your vaccination? These are about to expire. Please take this or else they're, they're going to be ruined. Millions of dollars of 15 billion, 15 billion dollars was given to local to help at the local level because that's how you make it happen. Distribute. Yes. And it's just it's a shit show happening. And think about that. Yeah. You can talk about incompetence of government, but at the same time, these are lives that are being lost because of incompetence. Already 400,000. That is disgusting that people are dying simply because these leaders are incompetent. And you and it could have been honestly cut in half from about 400 to 200 if we would have worn masks, if we would have social distanced, and if people wouldn't have called it a fucking hoax. But I digress. Um, I agree. Like... We people are suffering strictly because of incompetence, but yet people still reelect these people. And you know what? We're not talking about just Donald Trump. We're talking mm -hmm. about members of Congress in the Senate and everything. State, too. local, everything. Like, hold your people accountable. You see people dying all around us, and still people think, well, it's just a hope. And you know what? You also get Congress also gets a uh, bonus while everybody else is struggling to mm -hmm. fuck. They get a three thousand. What was it like? Three thousand extra dollar bonus for. For their work and shit, whenever people are, whenever you can't even get a three thousand dollars stimulus check, mm -hmm. exactly. you get a six hundred dollars stimulus check. Because you know six hundred dollars that can cover everything for the last year that you've been behind. But anyway, um, so how can we make this hundred million vaccines in one hundred days happen? This thing called the Defense Production Act, which Joe Biden through executive action has enacted once again. So this started in the nineteen thirties and forties during World War II as a way of um, the federal government ordering private businesses to start producing goods during that time. Mass production, right? Yeah, mass production for the war effort. 
now we can have businesses uh, mass produce, uh, you know, PPE, uh, vaccines, all that kind of stuff to help get aid it, it. Aid it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Aid getting to the people. The people. As, as they say, uh, needles in arms. Get the needles in the arms. But you know, Mike Pence, it looked like that needle didn't even inject him. It was a, a fake. Because they're in they're inserting microchips in your brain. Me. They're getting me the microchips. Now I carry a cell phone that can track me anywhere I go. And I use a debit card that tracks my has all my information. And I have bills and I get online and I have Wi-Fi that I get from Starbucks for free because I don't pay for it. And I and you know, I even post to Facebook. And I post to Facebook, but I told Mark Zuckerberg that I do not consent to Facebook tracking my information so they can't track it on even Facebook. though it's a private company you know they can't track it because i made a status so they they're gonna trust my status and then i farted myself to sleep but anyway um yeah the, the defense production act can ensure that these supplies get to the people that are suffering the most it needs to be targeted so frontline workers elderly elderly teachers um essential personnel and then you make, you make your way down the line. And we also need to invest in educating the public about the process so that they won't be apprehensive and not trusting, you know? Because, yeah, the vaccine was built, was made in record time. So think about that. This vaccine to, you know, eradicate, hopefully eradicate, or vac- vaccinate against this coronavirus was produced in less than a year. That's unheard of. So think about how that could have completely changed the world if we would have put that much resources into like finding cures to cancer or AIDS or herpes, whatever you want, you know? Think about that. It's crazy to think about how our where our priorities lie. So our last topic we want to discuss with our viewers is the COVID relief that is quote-unquote a down payment. Exactly. So Joe Biden, his main thing that he's going to focus in on in his first 100 days is this $1.9 trillion COVID relief fund that he said, go ahead. Is a down payment. Is a down payment. So it's just the beginning. Yeah, because we cannot stress that enough because obviously there is more help and more resources that are needed. Exactly. So he said this is a down payment, which means he said, you know, we're going to have a good deficit and that's okay. Screw the deficits. It's okay to have deficits. Deficits, government deficits, mean that we will have surpluses in other areas of the economy. So by the government, that means the government running up a debt, right? Yep. So let's say that debt, the opposite of that means if the government says, okay, we're going to allocate a trillion dollars to COVID relief, that means that there's going to be a trillion dollars of surpluses to the areas that are deemed the what's going to receive those funds so that is good for the funds right yeah so deficits are good that's what we can't get people to see all these deficit hawks like we can't afford well, it what about whenever people say oh well in clinton's time there was no deficit yeah and we also see a jump in income inequality and we see as a result we had they used as an excuse to cut social security uh, social safety net programs. Uh, we saw a cut to mental health services. We saw all that in an increase in tax cuts for the rich. So deficits are okay. 
that's how we afford Medicare for all. That's how we afford to these trillion dollar, uh, 1.9 trillion dollar COVID relief funds for people. So all that to say, in this 1.9 trillion dollars, it is going to be extending the um, eviction. Un- well, there's going to be the eviction moratorium, which we'll get to in just a second. But they mentioned uh, the $400 unemployment for $400 or $600 unemployment benefits weekly that we had last year in the CARES Act. That's going to be included. They're going to include $130 billion for to safely reopen schools. Go ahead. So what about whenever you say the $600 unemployment thing? What about what, what do you say when people say, well, you know what? They're making more than me and, on, and they're on unemployment not even working. Well, I mean, that's an issue in this country. That why are you mad at people that lost their job due to no fault of their own? You should be mad at the wealthy millionaire that is the owner of your company. But they're making more money than you and they're not even working. Are they through no choice of their own? Do you no, think they no, want to No, not even through lose? no no, I understand no choice of their own, but it's the fact of the matter that the government is paying them money, a lot more money than what you make and you're getting taxed. You know what I'm saying? Well, they're but think about this, they don't have a job. They're still having to pay rent. They're still having to pay groceries. They're still having to pay bills and all of that, but they have no other income through no fault of their own. You're still able to pay your bills. So get the fuck over it, is what I say. You have a job. You have an income. So, yeah, I agree. We need to pay pay, pay people to stay home. You need to be paid to stay home. So, yeah. It's a good thing because people are literally about to lose their homes, lose their jobs, lose the place where they stay through no fault of their own. So don't turn it on other people. Turn it on those in power because you're only they're pitting us against one another. But all that to say, they're um, allocating $130 billion to reopening schools safely so students can go back to school. It needs to happen because e-learning obviously hasn't worked. It, it, not to the level of in-school learning, but I mean, it's we're still getting the job done. But at the same time, students need to learn. Students need to be in school. Parents need to be able to go back to work safely. So, and then you know, there's a couple. Of, what is it? Uh, Ten or twenty billion dollars for um, increasing the production of the vaccines, and so, which. Um, if Joe Biden truly believes that it's just a down payment, I say, good, we need to hold him accountable. We need to make sure he backs that up. One way is what Representative Ilhan Omar uh, proposed that said, great, we need $2,000 a month, not once, not a one-time payment, but monthly. We need to force them to pay people $2,000 a month. So think about it. $2,000 a month. You realize you just made Mitch McConnell shit his fucking pants. Yep. His little whitey tidies that already have skid marks. Because they're always two fucking two sizes too small. Mm-hmm. Why is he worried, though? What? What? Why would that be a bad thing? You're incentivizing people not to work. Th- through no fault of their own. It's not like they're just not going to work. This is not something that's just going to be the rest of time. This is... Because of a pandemic that your party, Mitch McConnell, said was a hoax and didn't take seriously the first year of his, exi- his came from existence. China. It came from China. Well, what? what? Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you. Okay. 
All that to say, pay people $2,000 a month. Think about it. That extra $2,000, the majority of people, they're still having to pay house payments. They still have all these rents. You have a $1,200 fucking rent as yeah. an example. You and know? so, yeah, we're in the rent moratorium, air quotes. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to have to, you're going to have to pay it back in full at the end of this moratorium. So $1,200 a month for the last year has accrued each month. And then your landlord's going to go, we need that money at the end of the 12 months. Do you think if you didn't have the money now, then why would you have it um, at the end of that moratorium? So you don't have a job. So how do you, how are you going to pay for it? You know? So $2,000 a month can go to make sure that people are not losing their homes, which in turn helps the economy. You got to think macro, not micro. And I know a lot of the Republicans like to think micro because, you know, they're lacking a certain thing. But it's okay. That's okay. There's medicine for that sometimes. Extends. Extends. How great would that be to have them as a sponsor? But anyway, um, so, and then also along with that, she pr proposed canceling rent and mortgages for the last year. So during this moratorium, like I said, it's just been accumulating each month. So like if you had a thousand dollar rent month rent a month over the last year, you've accumulated twelve thousand dollars that you're gonna have to pay to your landlord at the Up end front. of this moratorium. Yeah. And if you don't, you lose your plot your home. So they're saying they're proposing uh forgiving the rent that you've accumulated over the last year, retroactive to March thirteenth, twenty twenty, which was when the first CARES Act was proposed or was passed essentially. And everybody goes, well, what about the land or the banks? And what about the landlords? There would be a fund created that would be to kind of help them offset their losses. So they're still going to lose some money, but not as much. No. Well, they would get their money. It would just come from the government. The government would pay them to forgive. It would balance each other out. And how is that a bad thing? That's what I'm just like. That you're making the government because pay. Because it's going to, what about deficit? No. And what about but debt? The, yes. But it's the fact that, like, why is it people are like, oh, well, it's the government paying me, not the people is what they're saying. You know what I'm saying? It's stupid. You're still getting the money either way. People are like, well, we can't afford it, which is bullshit. We can't afford it. If we can afford Seven hundred forty billion dollars in a defense bill, or not even not even just that. If you can afford to be in these pointless wars for resources, oil, you know they don't think twice about it. But when it comes to helping out people struggling in your people, own country, it's not like you're helping out people from different countries. Exactly. You're helping out people in your that pay taxes, mind yeah. you, and that you collect taxes to spend from their hard earned money. Exactly, and I'll be honest with y'all, I'm a leftist. I lean far left, but I'm talking to Republicans right now. Like, this is to benefit everyone. It's not just to benefit the quote-unquote seedy Democrats who just want handouts. Right. This isn't a handout. This is your livelihood. This is your home. The coronavirus has affected Democrats and Republicans. It doesn't matter. Doesn't, it doesn't discriminate. Yeah, it doesn't discriminate based on party, C, or anything. It, it has affected us all. This is to help people. Notice I don't say Republicans or Democrats. I said people. And that's what we have to get past is this party... Divisiveness. This divisiveness and this party loyalty, blind loyalty. 
to where if we're going to survive as humans, we need to actually treat each other like humans and see that, you know, this, it, you're, people that you're electing over and over and over again, they don't give a fuck about you because they say, oh, well, it's too, it's going to cost too much. Well, critically think a little bit and say, well, why are they not worried about passing this bill or this bill that's going to extend the debt? If you're so worried about the debt, but yet when it comes to helping out you, who's most affected, you're against it. They're against it. So you got to stop and think for a minute and wonder why they're not wanting to help you. I had a talk with somebody the other day and they said, well, why are the Democrats against $2,000 checks that didn't pass about a month ago? And I'm like, no, 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 no. Democrats were the ones that were pushing these $2,000 checks since last year. And it was the Republicans that said, fuck it, you get $600. Right. And they said, well, even Donald Trump was for it. And I said, yes, Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump agreed. Donald Trump agreed. It was Mitch McConnell and the Republicans who, for everybody in Alabama, Richard Shelby and Tommy Tuberville were against it. So hold your own people accountable. Don't just trust these headlines you see on the news. Think for yourself. And you'll see, like, and you know what? The thing that bothers us, that bothers me more, say, is like you become a lot more free when you think for yourself and don't, and, and instead of just following blindly. You know, yeah. even though you may get shit on, you may get talked about, but you know what? You have peace of mind because you're actually doing what you want instead of doing what everybody else exactly. wants. Exactly. Uh, and, and for, you know, our millions of listeners, Zach and I have got some shit on. A lot. Since we started this. A lot. Uh, yes. Every day we got, you know, haters. We got people shitting on us. They don't even listen to this podcast. They just take, you know, the first five seconds or a headline and they just jump on us. When if you stop and just think for yourself, do a little research that doesn't involve going to Fox News. Or Facebook. Or a Facebook or what is it? Newsmax or AON or OAN, whatever it's called. Or QAnon. Do your own research and you'll see that, you know, not everything that they're preaching to you is the truth. Just think. And not everything the Democrats preach is socialism or or trying to take away your money. Right. Because think about this, you know, all these horrible things that they say are going to happen. They're going to say gas is going to jump up to $4 and milk's going to be $4 a gallon. Right. And all these horrible things that have happened that they claim that's, because of socialism, has happened under a capitalist society. We are not a socialist country yet. And you know, it's a funny thing. Those fuckers are waiting for the first of every month for their Social Security. Yeah, they don't mind getting the Social Security. And, and your so Medicare, so... Understand some things. Don't. It's called cognitive dissonance. You just uh, blindly believe the first thing you see, and then you jump to the next big issue headline that you see. And you're talking about people being sheep. You're the sheep. Exactly. Like just, and I'm not trying to talk down to people. I'm just saying, stop a second and think. And it's okay to go against the grain. It's okay to stand out and disagree with what everybody else around you may be agreeing with because it's right. We're in the South. We are two left-leaning people in the South. We're few and far between. So we, just imagine the shit we get versus our, our listeners that are in northern states. Exactly. And you know what? That's I how I know fuck. we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I don't give a fuck. Um, that last little fuck that I gave flew away long ago. Um, and second, they're 
attacking us because we're challenging a status, status quo. quo. You know, we're levitating their perspectives. We're challenging their way of thinking. We're, and, and, and you know what? It pisses people off whenever you challenge what they think because, you know what? They may not be right, and they'll have to admit that they're wrong, and that kills people. Mm-hmm. And so that's okay, though, to be wrong. It's okay to challenge your way of thinking. And so that's why we started this podcast. You know, we have to self-reflect every once in a while. Why are we doing what we do? And it's just because of this right here. Literally, our first um, Patreon that we got, we'll say once again, Janet Schultz. I'm so thankful for her because literally, I randomly, she randomly found my page uh, the in the Mood for Real History. And she was like, I want to donate this money to you because you are literally putting out the message that everybody needs to hear. And it's like little things like that. That's how you know that we're doing the right thing, that we are reaching people. The reason we're doing this podcast. Exactly. The whole reason we're not doing it. I mean, I, even though I absolutely love it, we're not doing it just for shits and giggles, you know? Yeah. We're not doing it for shits and giggles and we're not doing it to get rich. We're doing it because we believe in what we're saying. And you're passionate about what you're saying. You honestly think for all the podcast listeners, you think that Joe Rogan randomly thought that he's going to have millions and millions of followers. He did it through hard work and because he actually, because he loved to do it. Yeah. I want to get people to think for themselves. I want to challenge people's beliefs because it makes you a better person. It helps you challenge. And that's how we progress as a society is moving past, you know, willful ignorance, moving past these, what your meemaw said. Yeah. It's okay to not believe everything your family says. Believe me, (laughs) believe me, believe us. And that doesn't mean, yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't make you a bad person. That makes you a, normal human being you're not burning in the pits of hell you know we ain't gonna burn in the and if we do you know what we're gonna have plenty of company so on that note i am cautiously optimistic over the next four years i hope that it's not going to be more of the same um so far i think over the what first four days of uh joe biden being president and he is your president damn right legally and he is your president and there's no conspiracy, no QAnon, nothing on why he isn't. Hey. They do believe it on March 4th, but we are going to get into that next week when we talk about QAnon and their conspiracy about the March 4th conspiracy that so they have. fucking, that gives you time to stay tuned. Yes, make sure to stay tuned until next week. So, with that being said, if you enjoyed it, we do have a Patreon page in our LinkedIn link in the bio. We also, leave us a like and review. Let us know what you think. Let us know what your most important policy in your mind or area to emphasize over the next four years needs to be. What is the biggest issue facing our country? And and if you were to interview Joe Biden himself and and just and voice your opinion because he's going to have one of those horns because he can't hear that well. And you know he's gonna you're gonna have to just not try not to stare at that iron jaw. But but if you can make it past the Botox and everything, then you know what he may just have a point. And you know what I have a feeling. He's in this position for a reason because, you know what, he may not be the best choice, but he actually can understand and listen to people. Unlike Trump, who does everything on his own, and if you're not with it, then fuck you, you're fired. Exactly. Exactly. And so, with that being said, we hope you all have a great week, and Zach, take us out. Levitating your perspective each episode of the time.